Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, your adoration and praise will also be accept, uh, accepted at that email address. It's good to be here. Thank you for for joining us, oh gee, there's a lot to talk about today, but I want to start. I want to start by talking about what Governor Santos did in the state of Florida, uh, what they did yesterday. Uh, the House and the Senate passed a piece of legislation that um, would effectively give Floridians and in particular, um, political candidates in office in the state or running for office in the state of Florida, an opportunity whereby they could uh, have recourse against social media companies who are censoring them online. So, reading here from FloridaGovernor.com, Governor DeSantis signs bill to stop the censorship of Floridians by big tech. This was yesterday. Governor Ron DeSantis signed Bill 7072 to hold big tech accountable by driving transparency and safeguarding Floridians' ability to access and participate in online platforms. This session... We took action to ensure that we, the people, real Floridians across the Sunshine State, are guaranteed protection against these Silicon Valley elites, said Governor Ron DeSantis. Many in our state have experienced censorship and other tyrannical behavior firsthand in Cuba and in Venezuela. If big tech censors enforce rules consistently to inconsistently, excuse me, to discriminate. In favor of the dominant Silicon Valley ideology, they will now be held accountable. What we've been seeing across the U.S. is an effort to silence, intimidate, and wipe out dissenting voices by the leftist media and big corporations. Today, by signing SB 7072 into law, Florida is taking back the virtual public square as a place where information and ideas can flow freely. Many of our Constituents know the dangers of being silenced or have been silenced themselves under communist rule. Thankfully, in Florida, we have a governor that fights against big tech officials, actually big tech oligarchs that contrive, manipulate, and censor. If your voice views that, if you voice views, I should say, that run contrary to the radical leftist narrative, that's Lieutenant Governor Nunez that added that. So look, this is this is the battle that is being fought, and we all know that it, it it exists, right? We know that this battle exists between 
social media, censorship, and the free exchange of ideas. And so this is, look, this is not the same thing necessarily, and don't misunderstand me. I'm just trying to paint the full picture here. This this gets a little bit complicated because it's largely a game. These big tech companies know, these big tech companies are all leftists. They're all leftists. Let's just lay that out on the table. The ones that are not leftist, which would be uh, social media platforms like, say, Gab or Parler, or I may be forgetting others as well. I'm sure that there maybe are, but those are the two that come to mind immediately. Um, they're not the ones with unbelievable high market share. I think I saw, I mean, we're, we're looking somewhere in the 90% range of market share for Facebook and maybe Twitter. I, I it's it's an unbelievably high amount of market share for these these tech companies. And so you have it, it it's it's a step away from it's not the same as the government. So the first amendment protects your right, my right from the government coming in and telling us we cannot say something. Right? That's what the first amendment says. So people on the on the left in the Democrat Party who are content with what Facebook is doing, with what these other social, with what YouTube, who by the way has, um, I have, I think it's two strikes. I don't even pay attention. If I'm being candid, I don't even really pay attention to what YouTube tells me because it's a bunch of hooey, and it has no, uh, there's no teeth. Well, there's there's teeth to it in the sense that there's a punishment, but there's no what should, I should, uh, should say substance or anything. Um, there's not a real violation of YouTube policy happening here. What is happening here is that I violate YouTube's political positions. That's what happens here, and we all know that this happens. It is now when someone gets banned or kicked off of or put in tech timeout on these. On these platforms, it never means that it's undeserved. In fact, I'm slow sometimes to criticize social media companies for banning certain individuals because there's no way that I can possibly know everything that an individual did. There might be things that an individual did that actually does violate the policy. And they'll pull that one example out and hold it up and say, see, this is the sort of behavior that is against our policies. But it's not it's not to be used as a blanket um, accusation that can then be used against other people. And that's what's happening here on social and social media. They have rules. They, they enforce them inconsistently. They target conservative um, you know people that have conservative views. They target people who uh, talk about things in the narrative or that are contrary to the narrative of the mainstream media. This is dangerous to a free society. And our founders, our founders would have been concerned about this. I can tell you that. I think we all know that. But it is different than the government. So you begin to have to ask yourself a series a series of questions. What is the course here that should be taken? Because if you have rules, you have an agreement. So when you sign up for Facebook or Twitter or whatever, there are, there's a user agreement. And, folks, that user agreement is not just a one-way street. It's not just saying what you have to do, and that's obviously part of it. But the other part 
is what the social media company is basically pledging back to you, which is this is this is what we allow on our platform. This is you know the review process. This is the Facebook uh, Facebook secret uh, secret board that meets the the tribal council to meet uh, to determine if President Trump should be allowed back on our platform. All that kind of stuff. Now, some of that stuff's not in the user agreement because they make it up as they go. And in fairness, when they started these social media platforms, the more established ones, now the newer ones, of course, know this from day one, but I don't think they they understood the level that their platform would grow to and the the way that it would be so relied upon by so many people. I don't think Zuckerberg really, I don't know, truly understood that back in the days of of, of starting, which I don't want to open that can of worms as to how much of this Zuckerberg started and all that. Just, you know what I mean? Whoever started these platforms, I don't think in their wildest dreams envisioned the power and the money that would be generated uh, from, from these platforms, even if they had a big vision for what they could accomplish. I mean, Facebook is just... Facebook, in a lot of ways, rules the world, folks. I mean, it is it is a big, big, powerful company now, to the point where it has literally deplatformed the president, former president of the United States. Now, the founders are were clearly against power, right? Government exercising power, I should say. Um, in a way that oppressed its its people, or that did not promote liberty, um, that that told people that there is a way that you must think, and there are leaders you must support. The founders didn't like that. The founders didn't like to be held, um, you know, under a well to to live under the heavy hand of the British Empire and the king and so forth. And that's one of the reasons, well, there's a list of reasons in the Declaration of Independence as to why they actually revolted. It wasn't just one single thing. It was a series of things. And so now you, you pull into this a, a private company, but it's, it's, it's a private company that is a platform for free speech. So now you have people out there who are saying this, um, this these platforms need to be treated like utilities. And there may be some similarities. There may be some, but there may be other things in which they're not so similar. So it's, it is a complicated issue, but at its core, and this is what I want to make sure that we understand here, the idea that Facebook and Twitter, we've seen Project Veritas go into Facebook and, and expose some of the stuff that's happening there. The idea that these folks are interested in creating a platform where ideas can be exchanged freely and equally is simply not the case. It is not the case. I, as, I, as I said before, I am. I don't make this about me, but I'm, I've been in YouTube jail or whatever you want to call it, tech timeout with YouTube. And, and I really, for those that, that watch us on YouTube, I, I hate it for them. But I'm, I'm not the least bit discouraged to say whatever I want to say or think on this program. I just it doesn't it doesn't bother me in that regard. It's just so patently stupid and ridiculous is the problem. And so now there's no doubt, have no doubt that the job or the the perspective of Facebook and these other social media giants is to promote 
an ideology that is consistent with that of the Democrat Party. This is another version of the media. This is this is this is just a a, a different spin-off of traditional media. And they, like the rest of the complicit media, carry the water for the lovers of big government. And there's reasons for there's business reasons for that. Um, there's social reasons for that. In fact, we talked, there's a, a station here that years ago carried uh, Rush Limbaugh, and they dropped Rush. Now, I'm not obviously privy to all the information and so forth, but the idea that the Rush Limbaugh show was not generating this company large amounts of money is utterly laughable to me. And I'll tell you what it is. One of the individuals, well, the individual that runs the corporation's a leftist, at least a Democrat, and they tire of going to these parties and having to talk about, talk with their liberal elite friends about why they have this rube, as they would describe him, this hate monger, as they would describe him, Rush Limbaugh on their airwaves. And eventually it just became too much to the point, the point to where they were willing to throw away gobs of money and advertisers, and I would dare say listeners as well. They were willing to throw that away. Rush Limbaugh, who put talk radio effectively on on the map, and I'm not saying the only show that, that did that for this particular station, but this is the sort of thing that they that they think about. They don't like to be invited to parties and have to defend, say, Zuckerberg doesn't want to have to explain why he and his organization put Trump back on social media. After all, the people that are eating the caviar there and sipping the expensive wine want, uh, well, they fully believe that Trump led an insurrection on January 6th. By the way, you see Jen Psaki uh, would not say, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable, really. When asked if, if, uh, President Biden viewed – we have to play this after the break. Post-millennial headline, Saki refuses to say if Biden agrees with Blue Anon that January 6th was on par with 9-11. So she won't say definitively if January 6th, the so-called insurrection, was the same or on par with September 11th, 2001. Are you freaking kidding me? This is absolutely and utterly insane. Whatever you think about January 6th, and we've made it clear on here what I think about this, to put it in the same category as 9-11 is beyond, in, in, it is beyond the, the ability of any human to rationalize that. I mean, it's truly insane and ridiculous. But yet, Saki won't say that. That Biden separates the two and sees 9-11 when thousands of Americans were killed uh, going to work uh, is a different situation. And both are bad, right? I mean, what happened in the Capitol there and the deaths of those who, uh, who died at the Capitol, tragic, horrendous, terrible stuff. I don't know how else to make that any clearer, but to say it's of the same level and magnitude – as the 9-11 attacks, or to not be able to say that definitively, is insane. 
insane. And that's the kind of people that the social media elites and the other media elites, they go to these parties and they want to be accepted by these folks. They want to be accepted by the folks who don't see a difference between 9-11 and January 6th. Just let that sink in. That's They take that seriously. Now, there's business reasons, too. And, and there's uh, what, what oftentimes these big corporations do. And the reason, one of the reasons why they're liberal is because the government run by Democrats will put a bunch of rules and laws in place that make the, um, the barriers to entry into the marketplace so high that competition is stifled, right? They don't mind having their team of attorneys. They have a massive team of attorneys that can deal with whatever the government throws at them. If that is a cost they are willing to undertake and pay, if it means that there's no competition. And that's one of the reasons why, just one of the reasons. But there's a social reasons as well. So the idea that we first have to get our heads around, which I know the vast majority of you see it this way, is that social media companies are run by people that are in fact leftists, that are in fact interested in furthering the narrative of the left and that are that are not interested in a free exchange of the ideas because folks when conservatism is allowed to be explained and contrasted against liberalism it annihilates liberalism liberalism is a feeling conservatism is actually logical thought the understanding of human nature and so forth i have to take a break long in this segment really long in this segment Got lots to unpack here today. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am. I am America's Realities Are back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, by the way, this program is brought to you by our friends at Amer- Apprentice, Apprentice University. I about said my alma mater there. One of my American University, Apprentice University here in Brownsburg. This is a alternative, an alternative to traditional post-high school education. And this actually gives students the ability to learn in a hands-on environment. Apprentice University understands how overwhelming it is for students to make life-altering decisions. They can help you along this curvy pathway toward reaching your goals. Visit Apprentice.University to learn more about this debt-free option to going to traditional college. And, And you might along the way um, spare yourself or if you're a parent of a student, spare your student from some of the nonsense that we've been talking about here today that is uh, talked about in liberal circles, which, of course, near the head of that uh, liberal thinking or the the liberal, I don't know, this liberal universe, at the head of that lies education, modern-day education. So Prentice.University, check them out. Be sure to tell them that you heard about them on the Tot show. So, so let's look a little bit more into um, this 
legislation that's been signed by Governor DeSantis. I want to quote again. I'm looking at Florida. It's, it's flgov.com is the website. This is Speaker of the House Chris Sproles. He says the social media platforms have morphed into the town square. This is one of the arguments you will hear. Uh, In the days of the founders, you had the town square. People could come together, exchange ideas, and sometimes it would get rowdy. Sometimes they would call names. Sometimes it would get even worse than rowdy. But it's the free exercise of those thoughts. It's the uh, being able to engage in debate, to share ideas, things that were tremendously important to a free people, right? Folks say, hey, this town square is now social media. That's what Speaker Chris Sproles says anyway. If our democracy, he says, is going to survive, we must stand up to these technological oligarchs and hold them accountable. This legislation protects the free speech of Floridians and demands transparency, no more secret algorithms, inconsistent standards, shadow banning, and deplatforming in Florida, sunshine is the best disinfectant, and it's time we bring these big tech monopolies out of the dark. I applaud Governor Ron DeSantis, President Simpson, that's the president of the Senate in Florida, and the Senate for taking action while our federal government idly sits by and congrat- congratulate Chairman Blaze and Goglia for carrying this in the house so what does it do so this legislation this legislation gives floridians who are treated unfairly by big tech uh, big tech platforms again facebook twitter youtube etc it gives floridians the right to sue companies that violate this law that's that's been passed and to win monetary damages This reform is said to safeguard the rights of every Floridian by requiring social media companies to be transparent about their content moderation practices and give users proper notice of changes to those policies, which prevents big tech bureaucrats from moving the goalposts, quote, moving the goalposts to silence viewpoints they don't like. Again, I'm looking at a website, flgov.com. The attorney general of Florida can bring action against technology companies that violate this law. Under Florida's Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act, which that's that is a part of what we're dealing with. We are dealing with unfair and deceptive trade practices. That is that is, I think, hitting the nail squarely on the head. The the, the discussion about town squares and private companies versus the government and you know speech and so forth. What what the government? Of course, the government is not supposed to be able to silence speech. Tech companies or um, you know private companies can have rules and so forth. It's a little bit it, it's different, but at the same time, there's certainly similarities if these platforms are given a lot of power, and that's where this debate comes in and begins to take shape. Now, is it the town square? Do we now have uh, do we have to regulate this to make sure speech is protected? The problem is, is that these social media companies, none of them, to my knowledge, now there might be some radical leftist platform out there I just don't know about, but none of them say if you're a conservative, you can't share your viewpoints on here. None of them say you can't share a, you know, an article or a, a show from the Todd Huff show on here directly, but yet in practice – 
That is what happens sometimes because they'll flag an episode or they'll flag something that someone has written. For example, we talked yesterday about this. We talked about um, this, you know, now there's there's a movement. Even Fauci's now out there saying he's not sure that this coronavirus was not cooked up in uh, a man-made lab. Now, several months ago or even last year, if you posted that on social media, that was, to my understanding, at least when it was caught, sometimes blocked because that was fake news. Now it's considered a potential real uh, reality here or a real narrative for whatever reason. And now this is being allowed, folks are being allowed to talk about this again. Um probably back then because Trump was calling this the China virus, probably back then because um, if if it was realized that it was something that was man-made from China, that is different than something naturally occurring. And the level of Trump being responsible might change in the view and in the, in the, from the perspective of some people. I mean, there was a point in time before the election, well, you could say four years <laughs> in time before the election, Trump's entire term, that these social media and media companies in general would not report a single thing that might be interpreted to be good for President Trump. Nothing. And unless unless news made it sound like Trump was personally responsible for killing Americans with COVID, they just weren't going to report on it, not even let you share it on social media. Now, now that's changing. And now suddenly we're now looking at that possibility that this was cooked up in a lab, created in a lab. Doesn't mean that it was intentionally released. It just means that maybe the safety protocols weren't in place properly or someone carried that virus out and poof, then it took off and spread in that community and they couldn't stop it. And next thing you know, it's, it's all around the world. That's at least a possibility here. Now we can talk about that again, but that was at one point stopped by social media companies under the guise of, well, it's fake news. Well, is it? Why isn't it now? If it was then, what changed? You learn more information? Oh, so how is it? F- <laughs> to, to say something is demonstrably false or fake and then to change course and say we were wrong about that, that requires a lot to happen if you're objective, right? I mean, you can't just say, if you say something's demonstrably wrong or fake, you cannot at some point in the future say we're wrong. That means that it wasn't ever demonstrably fake to begin with. It just meant you didn't know enough about it and not enough information was released or you had other intentions, which is what I maintain here. You had other intentions as to keep that narrative from going out there from Trump's killing people from COVID or with COVID. So this is what happens, right? This is all, this is what happens and we're all targeted or silenced or certain people are in some capacity for doing something obscure or sharing a perspective, asking questions as I have about some of the things that have been alleged in this election. These things have never been addressed. You're not even allowed to ask them. How is that? How is that good for our democracy, Facebook and YouTube? How is that a good thing, Twitter? 
Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg. How are these good things? They want to lecture us from a moral superior, morally superior position constantly. They're out there trying to protect us from lies and the big lie of President Trump and all this. But if you wanted to really put this to bed, wouldn't you allow people to share the truth? Just like this, this joker down in uh, Gov- Duncan, whatever his position was, maybe he was lieutenant governor. He could say if he had five minutes with every American, he could explain to them why Trump lost in Georgia. And I said, go to, go to your Facebook account, go to YouTube, do a video. Share it with us. I'd love to hear it. If it's only five minutes, I'll watch it five times. I want to make sure I get every bit of this, every bit of this right. But they never do this. They make those grandiose statements and then nothing happens. And if you ask questions about, you know, what their statement or point out some deficiencies or problems or perspectives from the other side of this, you're shadow banned or you're silenced or you're deplatformed or whatever, this is a real problem. These places are not what they tell us that they are. They're not a place of the free exchange of ideas. They're shutting up people, and they're shutting down messages that run contrary to their political ideology and their political best wishes. In fact, and I have to take a break here as well, but I've said before there's a generation of people, and I shouldn't just say generation. There's a group of people, and it's larger than I care to really acknowledge, but if they Google something – and it doesn't come up, then in their minds it didn't happen. You know how much power that gives to Google? Hey, folks, let's scrub this particular article or this particular story from our server so that this won't come up in, in search results. The things that you could convince people that literally rely upon Google for remembering everything that ever happened on planet Earth, giving them that much power in that particular instance is a scary, frightening proposition. But yet some people do. And if I come along or you come along and say, no, that really did happen, and they go to Google and they say, no, it didn't, they go to Snopes and they say, oh, Snopes says it didn't happen, but then you read carefully what they said or sometimes these folks are just outright wrong, deception abounds in these organizations, my friend. This is not about truth and transparency. This is about getting people to a desired political conclusion, and I'm really long. Odds is doing your job here, but I've just simply – been uh, focused on what I wanted to get done this segment, and I just did. So time out is in order. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Yes, I've gotten us off the time schedule today, so this is going to be really short here. I just want to wrap up. Conversations, Senate Bill 7072, State of Florida signed into law by Governor DeSantis yesterday. A couple more bullet points here about this. I mentioned last segment that the Attorney General of Florida can bring action against technology companies that violate this law under Florida's Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act. I'm reading again from flgov.com. If social media platforms are found to have violated an antitrust law, they will be Restricted from contracting with any public entity, that antitrust violator, in quotations, blacklist imposes real consequences for big tech, uh, big tech's bottom line. So there are consequences if they're going to violate uh, the Unfair and Deceptive Trade Practices Act, they will 
basically um, not be allowed to contract with public entities. Last bullet point here, and this is maybe the one that you've heard, I guess, the most about today is Big Tech is prohibited from deplatforming Floridian political candidates. The Florida Election Commission will impose fines of $250,000 per day on any social media company that deplatforms any candidate for statewide office and $25,000 per day for deplatforming candidates for non-statewide offices. Any Floridian can block any candidate they don't want to hear from, and that is a right that belongs to each citizen. It's not for big tech companies to decide. And that's right. If you don't want to hear what Trump has to say on social media, you can block it. It's a novel concept. Blocking it yourself or not blocking it yourself. But if you decide to block it, doing it yourself. Crazy concept in 2021. Not expecting someone to do it for us to protect our very fragile ears and minds from being exposed to things that may not go along with our worldview or perception of of life as we know it, political viewpoints. Oh, my goodness, how are we going to get through the day? It's remarkable. Actually doing it yourself. Anyway, that's what this legislation is about. There are some, I think, some interesting – taking out all the emotion, all the intentions of social media, which I think are clear – But just looking at this and trying to figure out the best way uh, to navigate this whole town square argument, public utility uh, sort of thing, regulation, I don't like to turn to that, to be quite honest. I like to let the the market uh, deal with these things themselves, itself, I should say. But then, again, there's a time, there is a time when this has to be be done, and I like to hear this, this political argument uh, take take shape and take place, uh, but we're not allowed to. That's something else we're not allowed to talk about because that doesn't further the narrative. If this if Facebook was blocking Biden ads or taking President Biden off of Facebook or some of these other radicals, AOC, you know, without having a TikTok account or whatever she's out there using, can you imagine the the, the pushback on this? Anyway, I want to shift gears here. I want to talk a little bit more. I've talked about this as much as I want to talk about it today. I want to talk a little bit more about what's happening in Israel and Palestine and some of the – or with the Israelis and Palestinians, I should say. Um, And I want to talk about some of these idiotic things that are out there being talked about, including this concept of – you know, we have people out there telling us to stop saying anti-Semitism is bad. That's where where this has gotten. People are now saying don't even talk about anti-Semitism. You can't – maybe that's a good thing. I don't it's not I just want to be clear but that's what they're out there they're out there saying they're so morally bankrupt that they can't even see that anti-semitism is bad is bad at all times so timeouts in order we'll get to those things when we get back sit tight back here in just a minute hypocrisy of these clowns. I just saw Governor Whitmer, and I'd seen this before, but I actually hadn't seen the picture until now, but she's telling people in Michigan how many people can be at their tables, if they go out to eat publicly, how close they can be, that sort of thing. But that doesn't apply to her. She can have dinner with at one big table with all of her friends 
20 of them, however many there were. Now she's apologizing for breaking her own rules. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, the arrogance and hypocrisy of these folks is more than I can bear some days. But you look at this. You look at this and you just realize – I just tell an Oz during the break. If, if you're around the scientists every day who are giving you reports in your, in your office, if you are really as terrified about public health as a governor – as they want you to believe, you can't go outside, lock your, you know, bury your head in the sand, you know, uh, wear a mask or five masks or whatever it is now. If that's the framework of this, and she hears that all day every day, and then she goes out and eats publicly, doesn't that really say she doesn't believe this? Uh, all the stuff that she's using, all the uh, just fear. Doesn't that suggest that? Anyway, I just have a minute here. I want to read this tweet from Jank Uger. This is a guy that's uh, on the Young Turks. And I, someone suggested on Twitter maybe they think Jank was drunk when he wrote this. And after reading this or after you hear this, you might tend to agree. This is one thirty this morning. He tweets out this. Israelis and Palestinians kill each other over which sky god they pretend to speak to, and it's politically incorrect to point out there is no human god, let alone one that favors Jews or Muslims. All this violence over the equivalent of which character they like better in the MCU, referencing Marvel comics. That's how Cenk Uger, a leftist here, and this is – when I talk about the godless, radical, atheist left, welcome to the Cenk Uger uh, version of of reality, but comparing the God of the Bible to which Marvel comic character you like better? I don't. It doesn't anger me. It's just a little bit. That's uh, a little bit sad, I guess. But this is how they talk about things. This is the viewpoint, and of course, anti-Semitism is now suddenly cool to some people because that's changing the the narrative from what it really is, which is to free Palestine from the oppression of the. Israelis, even though that's, of course, not not what's happening. Got to take a time out. Come back and wrap up here in a second. Sit tight. Welcome back, my friends. So <clears throat> this is... There's one other thing I wanted to get to. I just don't have time. Well, there's actually several things, but one of the things. Did you know the NBA playoffs is going on? You may not know, you may not care, but they're going on. Doc Rivers, coach of I think now the Philadelphia 76ers, was at a press conference, and I don't have time to play the soundbite, but basically he didn't believe. He thought that there were more fans in attendance because now these stadiums are allowing people to come in. He thought that there were closer to 30,000 instead of the 10,000 that his own team announced. They, they, they gave the totals, and he said that uh, he wonders if they count like Republicans because it felt like there were 30,000 instead of 10,000. Leave it to the leftists to think about counting as something you feel. But I got to go. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.